Welcome back to another beautiful Sunday afternoon. Well, not really afternoon. I know, I'm sorry. This episode is coming out later than usual, okay? State fair yesterday, alright? I was tired this morning, okay? So, I was a little bit lazy, but just know that, like, I'm sorry, okay? This episode is coming out probably, well, it's later in the afternoon, so... Sorry, okay? I am sorry, but welcome back to the Rainy Day Horror Show. Welcome back with the best podcast host in the world on the best podcast ever. I am Dusty McBalls, the certified cougar hunter and the man with the biggest testicles in this universe. Okay, now, before I get into my whole spiel about, like, what's going on in this episode, let me just apologize to the dude at the state fair yesterday who recognized me at the haunted house, or the haunted mansion. Bro, I am sorry, okay? It was dark, okay? I tried looking at you and seeing if I recognized your face, seeing if I, like, recognized you from high school or something like that. I didn't, and there was a huge line of people behind me, okay? So... I had to keep moving. That's why I just walked away from you without saying anything. I am sorry. It was so rude and I feel so fucking bad about it. So, to that dude, DM me, okay, so I can like, you know, patch it up a little bit. Because it was, yeah, I felt so awful and so rude. And I just want to publicly apologize for that issue, okay. But we'll talk more about the State Fair after this episode, okay. On today's episode, we have... Fritz Harmon, a.k.a. the Vampire of Hanover. Now, this one is bad. This is a really, really bad fucking episode serial killer. He's just nasty on what he did and how he treated people. Sorry, I had to itch my nose. My hair's tickling it. Okay, there we go. There we go. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, now I'm set. Yeah, now I'm set. But, yeah. This guy is bad. Like, really, really, really bad. I don't know, like... Yeah, it gets really graphic. So, before we jump into it, get those Crocs on. Set them bitches in adventure mode, okay? This is gonna be a wild ride. We're going to Germany today, okay? And it's, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's gonna be a ride. It's gonna be, like, a fucking... I don't know, roller coaster? Actually, probably it'd be more like a roller coaster that goes up, like straight up into the air, and then straight down, and then straight into a brick wall. What did he say? That's how, that's how rough it's gonna be, okay? So, get the Crocs on, we're going to Germany, we'll maybe get a German beer while we're over there, okay? Maybe a bratwurst, alright? So we're not extremely hungry and parched, but... Yeah, just sit back, strap in for this one, it's, it's gonna be a wild ride. So... Without further ado, let's get into our serial killer of the day, Fritz Harmon. On October 25th, 1879, five days before the veil breaks and the dead walk this earth, aka Halloween, the vampire of Hanover, Frederick Heinrich Karl Harmon was born. Also, before I can continue, 
I am going to butcher a lot of these German names and these German places. So, sorry to my German viewers, okay? I'm, I mean, my ancestors are German, but I'm not physically German, okay? So I'm sorry, alright? Now, Fritz was the youngest child of six. He had two older sisters and three older brothers. Now, out of all of the kids, Fritz was the most spoiled and cherished by his mother, which tends to happen when you're the youngest. Trust me. All right, I'm the oldest. I got a younger brother. That little brat is fucking spoiled, okay? Gets everything he wants. He can talk back to mom and dad. He can do whatever the heck he wants. Me, if I were to talk back, I'd have been thrown out a second story window. I would have been launched down the stairs. I would have been put in the bed, not the bed of a truck, but like in the trunk of a car, and I would have been driven over several potholes if I was able to do what my brother is. This dude is playing Call of Duty at the age of 10, right? I couldn't play that till I was in like 13, 14, even though, you know, you kind of go to your friend's house and illegally play it, but still, I wasn't allowed to like officially play it when until Black Ops 1 came out, which I think was around like the 6th, 7th grade, could be wrong, 6th grade. I want to say, but yeah, this dude has been playing Call of Duty since the fourth grade. It is so unfair. So unfair. But since he was spoiled, you know, Fritz had this wonderful relationship with his mom. He really loved his mom, right? But for her last child, she wanted it to be a girl, but instead was blessed with a boy. So now since Fritz, not Fritz, but his mom wanted a girl, she would dress Fritz up in like dresses and other feminine clothing while also making him play with dolls. And I'm not going to lie, when I saw this when I was researching and reading it all, it reminded me of Insidious Chapter 2 when you see the little boy, Parker Crane, in a dress playing with like the little dollhouse in the room and that lady in white walks in with a picture of what Parker drew and the you know, on the bottom of it, it says Parker Crane on it. And the lady in the white asks if, you know, if he drew it. And he said yes. And then remember when she just literally slaps the shit out of him and yells at him and says, your name is not Parker, it's Marilyn. Well, this situation right now kind of reminded me of that scene from Insidious Chapter 2. Don't you dare! Anyways, even though he was, well, he wasn't really forced to wear it. I guess he was kind of forced, even though he enjoyed a little bit, you know, 
being a little bit more feminine, he still, you know, adored her. He still loved his mom. They had a beautiful relationship. And they had this amazing relationship for 12 years of his life. Because eventually, you know, she would die when he was 12. And the reason she passed away, she just passed away from being consistently sick and ill. Because after she was, you know, done birthing out a serial killer, you know, she just became sick and weak all the time. And she ended up dying to an illness. Like, they didn't say what illness, but she did die due to an illness. Now imagine that, right? You come into this world killing a person and now you leave it. Well, yes, because he does leave it. He does get convicted. Otherwise, this story wouldn't be a story. And he leaves this world killing people. Imagine that. I guess you could say his uh, his path in life was, you know, already kind of chosen for him. Hopping out the womb, you know, not really killing his mom in the moment, but killing her t 12 years later. You know, it's a little suspicious, universe. I'm talking to you. It's a little, little funny, all right? But after his mom passed away, um, his dad was around. His dad was always around. But his relationship with his dad was just fucking bloody awful. Bloody hell. Okay, it was horrendous. Um... And I think it has to deal with Fritz dressing up like in a more feminine manner. Because you got to remember, this was the 1800s and early 1900s where if a man dressed up like a woman or wore women's clothing, it was not okay. It's not like how it is today where men, men can wear women's clothing and women can wear men's clothing. Like it's just, it's not like how it is today. So. I'm pretty sure that's why he did not like Fritz. And Fritz and his dad would constantly fight, like, on a daily basis, and they would consistently argue. And on top of that, Fritz's dad was an alcoholic, and he would cheat on his ill wife till the day that she died. And also, Fritz was physically, verbally, emotionally, all of the abusives, he was abused that way, alright? So, just say it with me. Typical serial killer shit, right? He had that typical serial killer lifestyle growing up. Now, as a young boy, Fritz showed early signs of mental health issues, which would inevitably carry into his serial killer career. Now, not only did he enjoy dressing up and acting like a girl, he also enjoyed terrorizing his siblings, especially his sisters. He would tie them up and tell them horrific and haunting stories of ghouls, goblins, monsters, and even on top of that, he would sneak out at night to where their windows are and he would start tapping on their windows making them even more petrified and fueling his, you know, little ghost stories that he had going on. And this, you know, situation allegedly would give him just a raging boner. New Trojan H2O Closer Lubricant. Advanced lubrication that holds a thousand times its weight in moisture in every drop. Just like fucking just 
OG Mudbone just fucking out there. Just slapping everybody in the face. Okay? That's that's what that's what he enjoyed it. Alright? Now, did they come out and say where I was researching? Did they come out and say that it gave him a raging erection? No, it didn't. Okay. I'm just embellishing this little part for comedic effect. But they did say that it pleased him immensely. So it's the same fucking shit, alright? It's the same shit, you cunts. I'm just rewording it, alright? So don't get, no, don't get mad at me for embellishing a little bit, okay? It was funny, alright? That's all that matters. So, as we move into a more teenage Fritz, by ni- but not, not by 19, by 1895, he had begun studying to become a locksmith, but ended up failing his exam. So, he dropped out and searched for a new passion. And that's when his dad decided to send him, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but I think it's called New Brysock. I think it is. I think it's called New Brysock. But New Brysock in April of that same year, in 1895. Now, this school specified in training non-commissioned officers. So, in other words, it was a military school training future Nazis. Now, this 15-year-old future serial killer Nazi actually adapted pretty well to this lifestyle. He listened and obeyed his superiors and actually found out while he was in this school because he joined the gymnastics team, he actually found out that he was basically the B. Simone of men's German gymnastics. Now, while he was a star athlete and a good military boy, he did suffer a massive concussion one day from gymnastics, basically leaving him partially crippled for the remainder of his life with bouts of epileptic seizures and lapses in consciousness. Then, shortly after that, he would be forced to withdraw and leave his military school. Now, after he left that military school, he went back home and lived with his father while working for him at this, like, cigar factory. Now, Fritz worked at the cigar factory for roughly a year. Well, he worked for his dad. His dad owned it. And he worked there for a year. And while Fritz was working there, this was when he started committing his, you know, you know, very petty, small crimes. Okay? Fritz started, you know, molesting boys. Even though that's not minor or small-ish, but compared to like a murder charge or a bunch of stuff like that, this is small-ish in the serial killer world. And researchers say that it's also around this time where his feminine... Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking butcher this. Femininity? Yeah, femininity. There we go. Turned into homosexuality. Now, after he molested a couple of neighborhood boys... The children would shortly later come out and accuse Fritz, which turned into Fritz's dad forcing him to go to the local physician. Now, after being studied by the doctor, Fritz was diagnosed as deranged and was sent to an insane asylum in 1897 where he would only stay for six months because he would eventually break out of said asylum and Fritz would run across to the Switzerland border and cross into Switzerland. 
stay there for three years, marry a young woman named Erna Lowert, get her pregnant, pregnant, get her pregnant, that's new fucking term, he got her pregnant, and then he headed back to Germany in 1900, 1900, after finding out she was pregnant, he literally said, I'm going to go get some milk, left the house, and completely went to a different country, that's fucked up, it's funny, but it's fucked up, okay, now, being 21 years old and living back in Hanover, Germany, Fritz attempted to live a normal lifestyle, and he once again was able to join the army, join the German army. But that was, that was short fucking lived, as he was kicked out again in 1902 due to his epilepsy and his mental illnesses, okay? After that, he went back to living with his dad, who attempted on multiple occasions to resubmit Fritz to the loony bin. But that was also short-lived as Fritz would eventually move out and get his own place to officially kick off his murder streak. Now that is so funny. Get home. Like, hey dad, I'm good to see you. And he's like, nope, you're going back to the insane asylum. Get out. I don't want to deal with you. It's fucked up. But like, imagine that as a welcome home present. Like, hey, Dad, I'm home. I'm so happy to see you. No, loony bin. Let's go now. God, that's fucked up. That is so fucked up. But now living on his own, he didn't really have a job. Because, one, the German government was giving him pension checks because he was in the military for two years. Okay? And then in 1904, he got classified as disabled because of his epilepsy and his mental illnesses. So, he was also getting checks from the government, his pension checks, and his disability checks. And if that money wasn't enough, he also would just rob and steal. And he did this from 1904 till 1913. And then in 1913, after, you know, having multiple run-ins with the, with the popo, the cops, the coppers, um, the German government, the German feds were just tired of it. They were just, you know, fucking fed up with this shit. And... They decided to give Fritz five years in prison for robbing a Hanover warehouse. Now, when Fritz got out in 1918, World War I had just ended and the German Empire was crumbling. Like, the, just the economy was crashing and it was just really, really fucking bad. So Fritz decided to get two jobs fresh out of prison. He, his first job was, you know, still giving into his, you know, criminal ways and he was being a smuggler while his second job was being a police informant for the Hanover Police Department which played like a huge and significant role in his murders and you'll see it come up later on in the story because it yeah it's it huge it played a huge role because he was able to get the cops on his side for most of it now Fritz first started killing in September of 1918. That was his first victim. Where he murdered a 17-year-old boy, Friedel, I think it's called Rohe, or Roe, Roe, we'll say Roe, Friedel Roe. And Friedel was a runaway, and, you know, he just didn't like his home life with, every, with how bad everything was going in Germany, so he just ran away and disappeared into the alleys of Hanover. Now, 
Friedel was loved enough by his parents that his dad, I say loved enough because, you know, when kids run away, they feel like they're, you know, they hate their parents, but his dad loved him enough, like his parents loved him enough that they, well, specifically his dad, because this part takes, you know, place with his dad. His dad loved him enough that he actually set out to go find Friedel. Now, after talking to the locals around town and just trying to just ask questions and pinpoint where, you know, Friedel could have gone, his dad found out that he became, you know, quite friendly with Fritz. And after Friedel's dad found that out, he went, and I don't mean like friendly, like, oh, hey, buddy, how's it going? I mean, friendly, like, quote, unquote, friendly, pedophile friendly, okay? And he went, Friedel's dad went straight to the authorities and told them, you know, what's going on? He basically said like, hey, um, I know the known pedophile is Fritz and I heard, you know, he's doing stuff to my son. But, you know, the cops, because he was their informant, were reluctant to go and question him and search his apartment. But Friedel's dad was, you know, really persistent and the cops eventually paid Fritz a visit where they found Fritz in bed with the 13 year old boy this wasn't this wasn't this wasn't Friedel this was a different boy okay it gets it gets worse trust me it gets way worse now instead of searching Fritz's apartment from top to bottom the police instead did a walkthrough and then they pulled Fritz out of his apartment arrested him and charged him with indecency with a minor then turn around and told Friedel's dad that Friedel wasn't there, okay? So, now, for like a brief moment, just a little tidbit, I'm going to take you guys into the future when Fritz is being tried and convicted for the children that he murdered. At Fritz's trial, he said to the judge and jurors that when the police came to his house that day and actually searched his apartment, they would have found Friedel's head behind the stove wrapped in newspaper. That's fucking disgusting. Ew. Oh, God, I couldn't be a crime scene... I I couldn't be a homicide detective. That shit would... No. But yeah, his head was wrapped in, you know, newspaper, and Fritz was basically... Not charged for Friedel's murder because they didn't, like, you know, officially search his house and find the head. So, I'm going to bring you back to the present, alright? There's a little glimpse into the future in his conviction, so now you know he actually goes to jail, alright? So, come back to the present with me. And after he was arrested and charged with sleeping with this 13-year-old boy... He was sent to prison for nine months and was released in June of 1919. Now, shortly after his release, Fritz met Hans Granz, a petty thief and a male prostitute at a railway station in Hanover. Now, when Hans and Fritz first met, Hans basically pimped himself out to Fritz. Brothers and sisters, this particular one's for the brothers. When you buy the ones that say ribbed for her pleasure, turn them inside out and they ribbed for your pleasure. 
Can I get an amen? Amen! Now, speaking of ribs and pleasure, uh, yes, for a limited time only, we are proud to present to you our barbecue baby back horseradish mustard and peanut butter encrusted ribs with a slight Jägermeister infusion mm. sprinkled with chamomile leaves with a horseradish and dandelion salad on a bed of rice. Buy one pimp platter, get the whole bones free. And Fritz was licking his lips, liking what he saw and took him up on his offer. And after that day, this weird, morbid sexual relationship and friendship was born between Fritz and Hans. Now Hans also plays a massive role in Fritz's serial killer saga because Hans would actually help Fritz pick up boys if Fritz didn't really want to, you know, go out and put in the work. He would send Hans out to be like, hey, go pick me a victim. And he'd go, go out and get him a victim. And, like, yeah, it's just weird. It's just like, yeah, it's just like a weird whole, like, Jeffrey Epstein and, oh, I'm going to butcher, is it Ghislaine? I think it's Ghislaine Maxwell vibe, right? That's what they are. They're, like, the first versions of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. So fucking weird. That was a, f oh God, we'll do an episode on Jeffrey Epstein one of these days because interesting. I don't think he killed himself. I think a guard killed him or an inmate killed him. I don't think he hung himself, but that's a conspiracy theory that we'll have to go down when that episode comes. But between 1919 and 1923, Fritz didn't kill anyone like at all because Hans was there, you know, pleasing his needs in those four years. And Fritz was actually kind of a normal functioning person in society. And I say normal as in because he, like, quote-unquote normal, because he was still, you know, robbing things. Like, he was the, he wanted to be Robin Hood. We're men, we're men in tights. We roam around the forest looking for lights. We're men, we're men in tights. From the rich and give to the poor. That's right. We may look like sissies. And he would steal clothes from laundromats and he would sell them like for extremely cheap to the poor while also being a police informant still, which, you know, helped him become well liked in the community and gave him, you know, some status. All right. Some Andrew Tate status. Little electric, my little plug. Ooh, let, me, let me get my little plug and plug it into my Tesla. Maybe I can get an erection one day. But, you know, like all serial killers, that urge and that hunger is always there. And the beast would soon rise again in February of 1923. Now, Fritz's, like, main hunting ground was the Hanover Rail Station where he met Hans. Because most runaways, most male prostitutes, and other like men a part of the homosexual community would go there to like find dates and you know pick people up. Like that was the main red light district spot for people. Now, on this cold February day, Fritz chose two boys to be his victims. Well, 
he chose one of the one of these two boys. They were a pair. And now the game is back on. Alright, now he's back in the hunt. Now he wants to quench that thirst again, right? That murder thirst, okay? So Fritz would always, when he was at these, um at not at these, but at this railway station, he would impersonate a cop to gain, you know, his victim's trust. And that's exactly what he did to these two boys. And one of the boys Fritz was attracted to, and the other boy he was repulsed by. According to the websites that I looked at, he was repulsed, okay? Ew. Not ew as in the boys repulsed, but like ew as in like ew. Repulsed. Ugh. Okay, sorry. Now, he was able to shoo away the runaway boy that repulsed him while charming and persuading the other boy to come home with him. And, spoiler alert, that boy did go home with Fritz, okay? Now, this would be the last time that anyone saw that boy because when they reached Fritz's apartment, he raped and murdered the poor runaway boy. And when Fritz was cleaning up, literally cleaning up, you know, the gruesome scene at his apartment and trying to dispose of this boy and ev any evidence that could be linked to him. This was when Hans walked in. Now, when Fritz saw Hans come into this, like his apartment, Fritz thought that he would have to kill Hans. But Hans shocked, you know, Fritz at this point. And when he saw the gruesome scene, he literally said, Hans literally said, should I come back later? And Fritz was like, what the fuck, right? And this was when they decided to team up Fritz and Hans to pick out victims. Now, if you're wondering what Fritz would do to his victims, like before, during, and after he killed them, you just, this is where it gets bad. You might want to sit down, okay? You might just want to relax from you know, a moment. After he brought them home, Fritz would feed them. Alright? Not bad. So far, so so far, so good. Like, a meal. That's it. After they were finished eating, Fritz would then bite their jugular and wait for them to bleed out. Now, this was called his love bite. That's what he called it. And once they were dead, he would then, you know, have... You know, he'd fuck their lifeless bodies. What? Then he'd dismember them. What? He'd put them in a grinder. What? Grind up their flesh. What? Or. What? He would chop them up. What? To make sausage links or ground beef. What? He would then. What? Eventually, this is, I told you it's bad. I told you it's bad. Don't, don't be like, oh, you didn't tell me it was this bad. I told you it was this bad because it gets even worse. He would then eventually sell, you know, their flesh, quote unquote, meat while, well, hold on, let me, let me rewind. He would sell like their meat, like their, what he made, like the sausage links and like the ground beef and stuff like that. He would sell that to people, people like he would fucking, he, like if you were alive, okay, nobody around that time is alive today. Probably not, because they'd be extremely fucking old. But imagine that, bro. Imagine finding that out in the fucking newspaper that this man, Fritz Harmon, was 
dismembering, chopping up little boys, putting them like their flesh into little sausage links. I can't say that word. Sausage links and ground beef. And while he was, you know, selling his clothes to make an extra buck, he would also sell their flesh posed as ground beef or sausage. Fucking disgusting. Oh, and you want to know what clothes he was selling? It wasn't, at this point, it wasn't, you know, laundry, the laundromat anymore. It was also the people that he killed. He was also selling their clothes to the homeless people. Ugh. Disgusting. Now, after he was, you know, done with, you know, their corpse, like, leftover stuff that he couldn't use, like the bones and everything, he would then dump their bodies behind his house, which is actually how he would eventually get caught. But he would dump their bodies in a river literally behind his house. And the police knew that Fritz was not really murdering little boys, but they had a lot of accusations and weird shit behind, you know, people talking around town, basically. And they kind of just turned a blind eye to it. And like I said earlier, it was because he was their favorite informant. But thankfully, one day in May of 1924, they couldn't keep their blinders up and were forced to look at Fritz as a suspect. Now, one day, these two boys, these two neighborhood boys, were playing on the bank of the Line A River. I think that's how you say it. It's spelled L-E-I-N-E, but I think it's I think you say Line A. And this was where these two boys discovered a human skull. Now, after the families of the boys informed the police, they drug the riverbed, like they drug the bottom of the riverbed, and they uncovered 22 teenage boys and or young men, like, not or, but like, and young men, like, they found 22 lifeless bodies between the ages of 14 and 19, I think is what it was. Now, since this river was right behind Fritz's house, he became the prime, you know, suspect, but the Hanover police were deemed unfit to investigate him because, one, he was an informant, so there'd be, you know, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, discrepancies, maybe? There could be discrepancies within the investigation. And two, he was, you know, also well-liked in the community. And they didn't want to start beef and start shit and, like, taint their community. So, instead of using the Hanover detectives, they flew in detectives from Berlin. Now, at this point, the Berlin detectives were just, you know, they got the information and he wasn't, you know, detained yet or arrested yet, but they were waiting for him to slip and they were just surveying him, running a bunch of surveillance, stalking, and they were just waiting for Fritz to slip. And boy, did he fucking slip. One night while they were, you know, watching Fritz doing some surveillance they saw him attack a teenage boy that he was obviously trying to, you know, persuade to come home with him. And after seeing that, they arrested Fritz and threw him in jail. And then they went and searched his house. They threw him in jail for, you know, assault. And so they went and searched his house. And what they found was fucking horrific. 
When they entered Fritz's apartment, they found the walls stained with blood. They also found over a hundred pieces of Fritz's victim's clothing. Now after the Berlin Berlin now after the Berlin detectives did their search and with already having Fritz in custody on, you know, an assault charge, they asked Fritz about their findings and about all the skulls and everything found in that riverbed. And Fritz, like a typical serial killer, happily confessed to everything that he did to those 22 poor boys. In custody, when he was being interviewed, at first he said he murdered between 30 to 40 young boys, but then later upped it, upped his number to be between 50 and 70 young men. Now, even though he allegedly said he killed, you know, 50 to 70 people, the police were only able to identify 27 bodies to be his victims. Fritz was then charged with multiple accounts of murder and waited for his trial date. Now, at his trial, Fritz smoked cigars and basically insulted everyone. At one point, Fritz was shown like a photo of one of his victims, and Fritz decided to fucking say to the grieving father of that poor child, looked at him directly in the soles of, not his souls, but like the, the, the windows to his soul, and he said he could never have had anything to do with that child as he was far too ugly. The fuck you asshole, little dick. I would have hopped that barrier. Like I told you, I told you, I tell you guys this all the time. I would have hopped that barrier and I would have killed him. I would have killed him. Okay, would have killed him. But thankfully, in the end, because he was a dick and he was a serial killer, he was found guilty for 24 out of the 27 victims. He was then sentenced to be decapitated by guillotine on April 15th, 19. 25. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! And for his accomplice, hold on, before I get into that, I didn't know they were still using the guillotine back then. I wonder when the last time they used the guillotine was. I thought, you know, the guillotine was only in medieval times. I did not know that. That's actually really, really interesting. Huh. See, you learn something new every day when you're on the rainy day horror show with the best podcast host in the world, Dusty McBalls. I'm just dishing out facts to you guys that I didn't even know, right? But for his accomplice and lover Hans, he was sentenced to life in prison, but eventually got reduced to 12 years in prison. And once he got out, he stayed clean. And what I mean by stayed clean is that I couldn't find any information on if he went back to jail or if he went back to prison. I just, it did it, it, no documentation okay sorry so I, I don't i don't know i say stay clean with quotations okay and he hans would actually eventually die from old age in 1975 but for fritz after he you know got decapitated by guillotine it was a different story he lived on long after he was decapitated the german government would preserve 
Fritz's head in formaldehyde and gave it to a medical school in, going to butcher this, Gottingen, Gottingen, Germany. I think that's how you say it. Gottingen, Germany. We're just going to roll with it. In 1925 to study it. But they eventually got tired of it and, like, tired of preserving it and just, you know, fucking used up space and they just didn't, didn't want it anymore. They had it cremated in 2015. I'm surprised. I was so shocked when I fucking saw that. I didn't know a head could last that long in formaldehyde. That's fucking crazy. That's really crazy. Kind of like how Walt Disney is fucking frozen. It's weird. Okay. There was also a thriller movie made in 1931 that was about Fritz. And the premise of the movie was about the German cops and criminals going on a manhunt in a German city for a serial killer who preys on young children. So, basically just the story of what he did and stuff like that. Researchers also suggest that even though homosexuality was, you know, illegal in Germany at the time, it was tolerated by most citizens. But after Fritz and Hans were caught... Uh, like a sickening wave of hatred and like cruelty and homophobia was just projected onto, you know, the gay community in Germany. And since this was pre-World War II, a lot of like historians and researchers believe that this just added, this whole story about Fritz and Hans, they believe it added fuel to the fire for the Nazis targeting gay people in a way and yeah that's actually pretty much it it's a good story different I didn't know you know I didn't know like it got like I know serial killers in the US get real bad I didn't know they get that bad out there but yeah that's the story of you know the vampire of Hanover it's interesting it's a really interesting case. Um, kind of like that is almost around the time of. Actually, no, it wouldn't have been. That would have been 40 years. No, not 40, like 30 years to. to that would have been 40. Th holy fuck. 30 years later. I was thinking around like H.H. Holmes. But H.H. Holmes was killing in 1891. You know, it just baffles me. Like, how could people get caught with, you know, doing stuff like that back in those days? Because it's not like today where, you, you know, you can go, like, get caught with, like, a ring doorbell camera. Like, surveillance is, like, or CCTV and stuff like that is crazy nowadays. So I'm surprised anybody, like, got caught for a lot of their crimes back in the day. But I guess then again, you know, there's not as many people. There's more, you know more small towns so if something spreads something fucking spreads and you know there weren't phones back then and stuff like that so I mean everything was word of mouth so I guess that could probably probably be why but yeah that's the story of the you know Fritz Harmon vampire of Hanover I hope you guys enjoyed it I really enjoyed it that's probably one of the more fun people I've researched just not really fun but interesting people that I've researched because they're all kind of the same. All serial killers are kind of the same, you know, in one way or another. 
poor childhood, whether, I mean, they might have like a good, like, what's the word? Like house, like the house might look good on the outside, but the, on the inside, or they might look wealthy on the outside, but on the inside, parents are arguing, neglect of, ne neglected of love, stuff like that. So same kind of, you know, situation. I still believe that, you know, people like Fritz, Jeffrey Dahmer are born the way they are. And the reason I say that is because, like, let's say I'm born with, like, I'm born like Jeffrey Dahmer, right? And that little thing in your brain, the little, the little neurons, the little synapse, synapse, synapses, synapse, the little, the little S word thingies that transfer nerve and stuff, thoughts and stuff together. So if like one of those is suppressed, but you grow up rough. You're already born with it, so maybe it would unlock that little part in your brain, and now you're like, oh, I want to kill a bunch of people. So you know what I mean? So I think it is how you're born more than how you're raised and taken care of. But that's just me. To me, that makes more sense, okay? Um, tomorrow, new thing. New things going on here. Tomorrow, I entered myself in a competition to be on the cover of Rue Morgue magazine, so I will be posting that link to go vote on my Instagram. And I'll just be posting on my stories consistently. So be on the lookout for that. It'll be on the Rainy Day Horror Show. And it's going to be on my um, other one. My, fuck, what is it? My personal Dusty McBalls. I'm also going to put it on there. So you'll be able to just click the link. Go and vote for me, okay? Alright? I really want to win this, alright? So gonna put that out there and I'm just gonna keep reposting it and telling you guys about it so go vote for me on there um state fair was fun I got cheese curds um my girlfriend almost had low blood sugar and she almost died just kidding she didn't really almost die but the doctor me I well whoa can't say that that's illegal the we'll say hood doctor I'm a hood doctor um I got her cotton candy and that fucking just fixed her right away. I was like, see, I know what I'm talking about. So, stay fair was fun. I bought a poncho. Yeah, I bought a poncho. I'm wearing it right now as, as I'm talking to you guys. It's a Nightmare Before Christmas poncho. So, at the state fair, there's this little thing called the bazaar. And in this little bazaar, there's like a bunch of like international little shops that you can go to. And so, there's this one Native American shop. I went in there, saw the poncho, was like, that's dope paid 80 bucks for it and I'm fucking living in it. It is so comfy. I fucking love it. So shout out to that, you know, that little shop. Okay. They did a wonderful job. It is so comfy and I love it. Um, not this week, but next week, um, Gabby will be officially joining us. We're going to be doing the FLDS episode on Wednesday at noon. So it'll be out Wednesday at noon. What else? Um, this Thursday, I'm going on a live show on the Rogue Report podcast. Well, Rogue Report. I have to look it up. I'm sorry. She's probably listening to this right now, and I look like a huge asshole. And I'm sorry, okay? I just forgot it briefly. I'll have to look it back up, okay? Going on that, I'll post it on my stories and all that stuff so you guys can just tap the link, all right? The Rainy Day Horror Show. Give me a follow, okay? Um, also, if you want a custom-made sweatshirt, <laughs> sweatshirt, I can't speak today for some fucking reason, but if you guys want a custom-made sweatshirt, DM me on Instagram, okay? We'll work something out. I'll shoot you a price, and 
yeah, you'll have your own one-of-one Rainy Day Horror Show sweatshirt. So, and I know fall, well, it is fall, so it's coming up quick, all right? And these ones are thick, they're warm, they're just comfy. Trust me, you'll love it, all right? They're heavy, they're nice. So, just DM me, all right? And I think that's it. I think that is it. Oh, if you haven't heard my episode on um, inquiries of our, of our reality, I just went on there last week, a couple weeks ago. Episode is officially out, so go listen to that. Um, I talk more about the trail, so it's really interesting, all right? And before I leave, still, again, I want to apologize to the guy yesterday at the Haunted Mansion who recognized me. Sorry there was a bunch of people behind me, um, and I just, I didn't know what to do, okay? So I just kept going, all right? I'm sorry. I really am. I feel awful about it, okay? But I'm going to let you guys go. Remember, stay frosty, stay foxy. Most importantly, the most important thing in the whole world, stay safe, you beautiful peacocks, okay? I love y'all. Deuces.